This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is the Knowledge at Wharton podcast. I'm Rachel Kipp, Associate Editorial Director for the Knowledge at Wharton website. We're here today with Wharton Management Professor Claudine Gartenberg to talk about some of her recent research on pay inequality. Claudine, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Now, you have three recent papers that look at the issue of pay inequality. Could you tell us a little bit about each one of those? Yeah, absolutely. So these are a series of studies joint with uh, Julie Wolf at the National Bureau of Economic Research and Emily Feldman here at Warden that focus on this question of pay inequality among workers, primarily within companies, but also the implications uh, sort of at a societal level also. And this question of how much pay inequality uh, to tolerate inside of your company is actually a tricky one for managers, uh, and it's one that every manager faces, uh, and it has big consequences, not just HR, but also uh, for the firm's strategic position and their ability to compete. Uh, so what we look at in, this co- uh, in these papers is we have three big findings. The first finding is that uh, it appears that your pay co-moves more with your colleagues uh, than it would just be predicted for your job itself. So pay moves in lockstep, uh, goes up, goes down, you get similar bonuses uh, that we attribute uh, to basically people comparing pay inside firms more with their colleagues and their coworkers than just with people who work at you know, in other companies. So that's the first thing we find. Uh, The second thing we find is that uh, it also appears to ties for managers' hands a little bit in terms of how firms can can respond to competition. So we look at a trade shock. This is a free trade agreement with Canada. And what you would want to do is pay workers more or differently uh, based off how well they're able to compete and respond to this trade shock. And it shows we find that actually uh, firms respond in lockstep with employees. So they either all give them raises or they all you know respond very similarly and not in line with how productive workers are. Uh, and lastly, we find that it also uh, pay inequality predicts divestitures. So if if you have firms with very high levels of inequality, uh, it actually is predictive that they will shed a business unit that's that is uh, that's contributing to that. So it has major strategic consequences. It's not just an HR issue. Now, I mean, looking at that, I guess what do I mean? The first two papers, I guess, to me, it seems like it, what it really hammers home is it's not even. We like to think that it's all about us that our pay is based on what we do and how well we do it. Right, and it seems to show that. Maybe it's a little bit of that, but it's also a lot about our coworkers and how much they're making, or it's about what's going on. I mean, in the larger, I mean, the larger context of the world, when it hasn't, that seems like it might have very, I mean, seems like it might have very little to do with us. Oh, completely. So we are social beings. We evaluate our self worth by how we stack up relative to each other. It's just in human nature. We've actually seen that behavior in monkeys as well. And so, uh, and so, you know, once you join a firm, you evaluate yourself against workers inside those firms. That is an inevitable consequence. And, uh, and the thing that's interesting about it is that, you know, there's really uh, two sides of, of performance pay. On the one hand, performance pay is a fantastic thing. That's why it's been adopted increasingly over the last three decades. Uh, you want to give people bonuses for how well they are. You want to reward your top top workers. You want to make sure people feel valued. Uh, on the other hand, uh Performance pay creates pay differences inside firms, and if people perceive those as unfair or unjust, uh, it can create real problems inside firms. Uh, in fact, Uber is dealing with this right now. So, uh, you know, 
Uber's cultural issues have received all the attention in the news, but arguably among the employees themselves, the bigger issue is compensation differences. And currently they're taking hundreds of millions of dollar pay hit in order to equalize compensation more inside the firm for exactly these reasons. So it's a very, very real issue that affects companies across the board. Well, it's interesting, like, just because there's been a lot of talk lately about NAFTA and about whether NAFTA has been good or bad for American business, it's interesting that this, I think this is a part of it that I don't think I've heard much about is it actually did affect people's salaries. So this is, this is a, this is an interesting question. It's not one that we can get directly at with the data that we have for our research because we have real one percenter income. We have compensation data for division managers of top top companies. So these are not your sort of modal American worker. Um, The interesting thing that we find, actually, that I think ought to inform this debate is, uh, so the the Canada Free Trade Agreement was was, uh, predated NAFTA by five years, but it had a very similar impact, which is a very large impact to American companies. The effect of the Canadian free trade agreement was actually to raise the one percenter salaries. Now, even though we don't have the information to prove this, you know, generally people have found that trade agreements lower, you know, unskilled worker salaries. The 99 percenters. Right, exactly. So, you know, if you put those two facts together, uh, you know, free, you know, these trade agreements should probably widen the gap between the high skilled, you know, the, the, the top one percenter and the 99 and uh, and really does affect pay inequality in, in a distributional way that uh, that 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 is getting a lot of attention and should get more attention going forward. Looking a little bit more closely at the third paper, I guess I was interested in is knowing that companies are more likely to divest divisions where there's more pay inequality. Does that mean, I mean, is there action that could be taken as a result of knowing that? Yeah. So this is, this is a really interesting question about corporate strategy that, uh, that I think has not gotten enough attention uh, out there, which is that, you know, companies want to extend into uh, different types of businesses that might be complementary with their own business, or you know, um, you know, acquire companies and whatnot. And a major factor uh, appears to be, you know, just uh, compensation policies across those business units and and how those affect uh, the workers and and how those affects post merger integration, how those affect, um, uh, you know, worker morale, productivity, etc. So, uh, so I think it is something that managers ought to pay attention to. Uh, you know, I'll give examples from my own experience. Uh, you know, uh, cons- when I consulted to the energy industry, uh, there was a period of time when energy companies uh, were trying to heavily get into trading operations, sort of Wall Street energy derivatives type trading operations. And to do that well, uh, you need to pay these guys. You need to pay these guys Wall Street type salaries. And so, you know, on the one hand, you've got a business unit that's paying Wall Street level salaries. And on the other hand, you've got your asset side of your business, which is the people operating, you know, the the, the, the pipes and the facilities and, and moving the product back and forth. And they're getting paid hugely different amounts. And uh, and I saw this when I was consulting to these companies, just the amount of uh, tension that that provoked, these pay differences and the, and the differences that these workers were treated between these units. And it was very, very hard to manage that. And, uh, and so that is definitely something that managers should pay attention to when they're deciding what businesses to operate in. I mean, it's interesting because I wonder, do you feel like companies really pay enough attention to how much salaries don't just impact, I mean, like the HR side and the hiring mm-hmm. side, but it really, I mean, what your research shows, it really impacts everything. I mean, it impacts everything. And I think often, 
I feel like companies get into this idea of, oh, well, no one at our company knows what anyone else makes. It's all a secret. So it doesn't impact anybody. Right. This is, I mean, this is, if there's one takeaway we want from this research, it's for people to recognize that, you know, these pay policies are not an HR policy. It's, It's really a strategic decision that firms need to make. And, you know, pay secrecy. Uh, you know, as much as firms want to keep their pay under wraps in today's day and age, you know, that's increasingly unrealistic. And it was unrealistic, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago as well. And uh, and it does have major consequences for, for what firms can do and, and how they can compete. That That is very important to account for. So we have time for one last question. Could you talk a little bit about what's next for you? What are you studying now? Yeah. Uh, great question. So, you know, the real holy grail uh, behind this research is... Uh, looking at societal level inequalities, which are really, really at unheard levels uh, in the U.S. and then also in other countries around the world, and putting firms and firm strategy into the center of th- of that research and asking the question, what are the choices that companies are making today in terms of uh, you know, their, their HR policies, but also outsourcing, uh, what businesses they're choosing to get into, et cetera, and how are those choices influencing inequality and how is societal inequality actually affecting what managers can do and how, what type of compensation they can offer their employees. And uh, that, that is a big question. It's, it's extremely important, and it's one that we're just starting to get our heads around. Claudine, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can find all of Knowledge of Wharton's podcasts on our website, which is knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We're also on iTunes. Please subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.